0: This is episode 376 of The Real Me and Colon, A Movie Podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Ticket to Paradise and My Policeman. What will he think about both those films? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colon, a Movie Podcast. I am your host chase lee and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this you guys are awesome and speaking of you guys thank you for all your support throughout the the many months and years that i've been doing this uh you guys support means just everything to me and so if you could just please spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to that would be much appreciated um yeah, you guys are amazing. And uh, hey, listen, maybe if there's someone out there that's in your family circle or friend circle that's been looking for a movie podcast, you can be like, ding, 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 I got one for you. It's, um, oh, what's the name of that one again? <laughs> so uh, no, uh, yeah, no, if there's someone out there that's looking for one, or maybe there's not a movie fan out there that we're trying to convince to be a movie fan, eh, just send them this episode. Maybe they'll get a kick out of it, who knows? But yes, thank you for all of your support. Uh, this is episode 376, like I said at the top uh, I will be going over *Ticket to Paradise*, the new rom-com starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts. It's actually been out for over uh, a month now, overseas. Crazy. Uh, and *My Policeman*, uh, the new Harry Styles film uh, that drops on Amazon Prime Video this Friday, October twenty-first. So, yeah, those are the main topics of conversation. But before we get into all of that, I must, I must, must I must, I must, I must ask, as usual. You guys doing pretty good. Everyone doing fine out there? It is, um, middle of, uh, well, uh, it's past the halfway point of October. It is almost November. Why? Like, what happened? I, I like, took a nap, woke up. Uh, I took a nap in January, woke up, and it's already October. I just, I just don't get it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's getting colder outside. Love it. Um, I did a workout this morning and I immediately went outside, and it's like that that steam effect where the, your body's all like warm from the the workout and then the cold air hits it and you kind of feel that steam coming off and uh it, it was great, fantastic. But I, I went to a coffee shop and uh the person was like, Are you not cold? And I was like, No, I'm actually like burning up right now because just the workout was intense and then walking over there and stuff. But yeah, you know, it's uh, cooler weather outside, which means it's also like great uh movie weather, you know, stay home, put it on your fireplace. Watch a scary movie. Watch a romantic comedy like *Ticket to Paradise*. Who knows? Just yeah, watch something. It's, it's comfort season, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, um, everything's doing fine on my end. I just another busy week. Uh, yeah, I, the only movies I saw for you guys are uh, *Ticket to Paradise* and *My Policeman*. Uh, so those are the the films I saw in theaters for you all. Uh, I'll discuss what I'm doing next week. I know I said *Black Adam*, but I might sneak in another one. Uh, just stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, nothing really going on this week. Those are the two movies that I decided to do for you all. Uh, haven't really caught up on anything. Uh, finished the She-Hulk finale. Um, my assessment to that sh- that ending is it was great. I liked it. Um, I'd be very curious to know how they utilize that going forward, uh, given that you know Jim Walters, aka She-Hulk, can like. Break through things now and what the implications could mean for like who Kevin is. That's all I'll say without any spoilers, but um, yeah, no, it, it's fascinating, but I, I liked it. It was a solid finale. I'm still two episodes behind on Andor. Uh, I think I'm like an episode behind on the patient. I'm still like four or five episodes behind on the house of the dragon. I just, I didn't give up on it. I'm just waiting for it to end and I can just binge it. Um, same with rings of power. I've only gotten through episode two. And then I didn't watch anything like, like any old throwback movies this week. Kind of just kept it pretty chill. Uh, I, I did go see my brother this past weekend. Uh, he lives in L.A. He is a studio tour guide on uh, Warner Brothers, uh, the Warner Brothers lot. So I got to do a studio tour. I'll tell you guys about that in just a second. But, yeah, the, the movies that I picked to watch going um, to California or from California back to Texas – I watched Avengers: Endgame, and Spider-Man: No Way Home because they were the exact flight time that I uh, uh, was on that plane. And the thing is, with me, I don't know how anyone else is out there. It is hard for me to concentrate on a new movie in a plane when the plane is super loud, people are everywhere, you're distracted. I could put my noise canceling headphones on and still hear stuff, and I'm like, I just I can't enjoy like a new thing in this environment. So I typically just watch stuff that I've already seen just to past the time, but watched Avengers Endgame. I still love that movie. I, I, I know that like, it's one of those things to where like people just uh, they prefer Infinity War to that one. I love both as like a collective, but man, Endgame is so good. It's got a lot of great moments in it. And it's Spider-Man No Way Home. I watched it on the way back. I gotta say, I watched it twice in December. I had not seen it since. So it's been almost a year for me. That movie is actually really good. And I liked it back then. I kind of love it now. A lot of great moments. A lot of great kind of groundwork laying for Peter's uh, storyline moving forward. And I I actually liked that MJ moment at the end. Like, I don't know. Like, just, I think taking a year off from it and coming back into it, I had a lot of fun with it. It There's a lot of great moments. And I'm curious to see what they do with Spider-Man 4. But yeah, those are the two films that I watched. Um, didn't watch anything else. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so anyways, I took a studio tour on the Warner Brothers lot. And let me tell you, that was a lot of fun. I have done two of them so far. Uh, you know, visiting my brother, uh, in LA. Uh, you know, he's around all the studios. So last year I went to the universal, uh, studios tour. That one was fun, but that was more of like an amusement ride. You know, they really kind of put your tour cart in situations like Fast and the Furious and Jurassic Park and stuff. And like, it's fine. Like, it's, it's like, like I said, it's like a fun amusement ride, but it's not like a tour. But the Warner Brothers one, I had such a blast because it was educational. We got to go around quite, quite a ways around the lot, which, by the way, it was, it's like 104 acres. It's a big studio lot. Um, I got to go inside one of the studios just to kind of see like some of the sets, um, built for one of their CBS shows. Is it CBS or CW? Well, I know they own CW, but I, it's this show called Bob and Abiola. Is it Abiola? I, I I don't watch that show. So it's the one from, uh, where it's got the gentleman from like Mike and Molly, but he's in a new show. Anyways, it was really cool to see some of those sets. Um, I got to see uh one of the sets from friends and one of the sets from big bang theory and I got to see um or I got to uh, sit on a batmobile like a bat pod from the dark knight uh series. Uh what else? Yeah we just kind of like walked around we, uh, there was a bunch of like costumes in uh some sections like from Shazam, Stars Born, Crazy Rich Asians Elvis um My Fair Lady some of the older stuff like It was a really well-done tour, and like there was just so much uh, to look at. But while I was there, you're probably wondering, was there anything filming while I was there? I don't know if there was movie-wise, but I can tell you for sure, while I was there, there were two big shows filming at the same time. Abbott Elementary was filming on the lot while we were there, and Succession was. And my brother was like, Succession is shooting right over there. And the way you could tell is because on one of those, um, kind of tow trucks, like those mini tow trucks was an Escalade. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's the Roy car. Like, that's cool. And they had a whole section of their like, quote unquote, New York city street cut off and, uh, there was security there. So you definitely could not go past there. But I was like, that's pretty cool to know that like they're shooting probably all their inside stuff and all that over there. And, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, it, it was a really fun studio um, tour, so I would recommend it if you're ever in LA. Um, you can do the Universal one as well, but um, yeah, do the Warner Brothers one as well, and uh, you might have a lot of fun. But that is what I did this past weekend. A lot of a lot of fun. So now I'm back and back to the the movies and everything. So yeah, I had the two movies this week. Um, didn't really watch anything on TV. Just been kind of busy catching up on stuff, and then. Um, I got a movie this Sunday and then next Wednesday and next Thursday. But um I'll tell you about it. I'll 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 tease all that at the end. But yeah, so that was my week and my weekend. Hope everyone else had a great week and weekend. Hope you caught up on some stuff, watched some scary movies. Um Halloween is only twelve days away, so um yeah, still some time to squeeze in some uh some Halloween favorites. Um so yeah, I uh uh, yeah, it was just a cr- crazy week. But anyways, uh, that is all of that. Um, so, yeah, let's not waste any time. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to go over my first film, which is uh, Ticket to Paradise, the George Clooney and Julia Roberts rom-com throwback to the early 2000s, 90s like type of film. Like, What am I going to think about that? I, I have no clue. So when we come back from the break uh, with our sponsor from Movie Palette, I will go over that. So I'll see you guys in a bit. Hi, it's me interrupting me and I just wanted to take a break to thank the sponsor of this review, Movie Palette. Movie Palette takes the concept of the movie poster to the next level. Movie Palette consists of stripes of colors carefully chosen by their team of artists. Every stripe represents a color of a particular scene in a movie and is put in chronological order on the canvas. There are so many movies to pick from, and it doesn't even stop there, they also have whole seasons of TV shows. I recently moved and I needed some things to put on my wall, and I was getting tired of putting up traditional movie posters and wanting something different, and movie palette stepped up to the plate. The movie palette that I chose was one of my favorite movies of all time, Logan. This gorgeous palette is a constant reminder of how beautiful this film is, and how each scene evokes a different emotion all through its language of color, not to mention a great conversation starter. This is a unique piece to any film and TV lover's home, and I want to help you get one. Use the discount code CHASE15 for 15% off of any product on their website. Film is art, so why not display your favorite as such? That's 15% off of your order when you use the code CHASE15. And thank you to our sponsor, Movie Palette, for sponsoring this episode of the Real Me and Colton Movie Podcast. They've been a really great sponsor thus far. So let's not waste any time. Let's talk about Ticket to Paradise. So what is this movie about? A divorced couple teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. So, you know, going into this, I never really saw a trailer to it, but even from the poster, it looks like a romantic comedy. Like a throwback to the ones made in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, I didn't need to see a trailer. I already kind of knew the vibe and the feeling of the movie before I even, like, saw the film. But what is really fascinating about this film is its release strategy. It's the most fascinating film of uh, this year so far. It has been out for a month overseas. That's crazy. Uh, typically when films are made in the U.S., like maybe there's like a, a week buffer room, like maybe sometimes they'll release it in other countries like a week before it hits the United States and like that's normal. Um, Marvel films, DC films, superhero, like sometimes, yeah, they have like a one or two week bump in other countries first before they get here. Like that that's normal, like that's the way it's always been, but a whole month? That's insane and it's already garnered like I think $75 million overseas, so they're already doing quite well and they don't even have to release it here, but they did release it here. And this is uh, my review. So not seeing any trailers and just hearing about that release strategy. Finally saw the film. I like it. You know, it's not, a, it's not a romantic comedy that, like, breaks any new ground. It's not a film that's thought-provoking. It's not a film that changes the game when it comes to romantic comedies. This is exactly what you expect. <laughs> but that's okay because it's done very well. It's funny. It's cute. It's charming. It's got some loving moments. You know, it, it's... It set out what it was supposed to do, and I think it did it pretty well. So with romantic comedies, obviously the the biggest thing for me is, do, does your two leads have chemistry? Do they have the romance that can spark between them? Do they have, you know, the arguments, the the, the back and forth? like, can we see them together? Can we not see them together? like kind of like playing with the audience a little bit until we finally find out at the end if they do make it together or not? That's what I want in a romantic comedy. And I think George Clooney and Julie Roberts do that very well. Listen, they've been doing this for decades. I don't need to comment on, you know, their uh, contribution to this uh, subgenre. Romantic comedies are what these two have have done in their career, and it's just like slipping on uh, a, an old glove or riding a bike. Like it, it doesn't matter if you don't do it after a long period of time. You can just get back into it, and it's just like just it just fits for them, and so. Yeah, I think their chemistry is off the charts uh, and just their back and forth. It's just really loving. It's it, its funny. Uh, they go after each other sometimes, but there's definitely some sweet moments there. Uh, regardless if they hate each other or not in the movie, they still have to be there for their daughter. And they, they have that kind of parental quality about them. Um, they're both parents in real life, and so they kind of have that um, quality to them. And it, it really does show. And so just for me personally, watching them two on screen, because they are the two marquee names, I thought they delivered it uh, from their perspective. Now, when you see a movie like this and you see the synopsis and you're like, okay, well, what are they just going to end up together at the end? I'm not going to tell you if they do or not. But what I can tell you why it works so well for me is even if I think I know the ending, I think the journey there is the most important. And what I mean by that is I don't want to watch a romantic comedy of two people that haven't been in love for a long period of time just to bicker for two hours and then all of a sudden they're just like, well, geez, I think I messed up. I think I love you. It's like, no, that's not how this works. Like I want it to be like somewhat realistic, right? So there's a couple scenes in this film that really lets us have an understanding of these characters and why they broke up in the first place. And maybe there's like an inkling there of like, I think they just broke it off too soon because they just were under a lot of stress and anger at that moment. To where they just they couldn't reconnect at that point, so they just didn't see each other. And so there's moments like that, especially there's a there's a scene in a uh, a bar that I really liked uh, with George Clooney's character, where we get a real sense of like what their marriage was like. So it's not just you know just jokes and jabs at each other 100. There's some real history there, and there's some real weight to their actual relationship. So it gives us maybe a clue as to if they could actually I don't know and find their love after so many years together again. We just don't know. But at least it gives us a it gives us a nice levity. Just be like, okay, like I can see this now because there was some love there 25 years ago, an unfortunate thing happened and it just broke them. And they, and they couldn't handle it. So, I thought their kind of relationship, while it was bickering most of the time, I got a sense that there was something still there and it could possibly happen because of those scenes and giving us a little bit more depth of their relationship. And I actually cared about it. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that their storyline works really well. Caitlin Deaver's storyline, because she plays the um, their daughter, you know, this she's the reason why they go to Bali. And, you know, her relationship is, it's fine. Um, if I was in George Clooney and uh, <laughs> Julie Roberts' shoes, I might question it a little bit just because of the time frame of how they uh how long they have fallen in love and why they want to get married so quickly, but um other than that, their relationship was it was just okay. I mean, it's basically it's the glue that puts the parents together and forces them to be in this on this trip together, but in reality i I just don't really I didn't really care for it like it was sweet, you know it, I felt like there was some attraction there, but um but yeah, I was really I was more invested in her parents just because they they have the the richer history, and it might be just because they these two people just met. Uh, we don't spend too much time with them. There's actually only like two scenes with them that kind of give us a little bit of insight into their relationship, but it's not that fleshed out to where. With Julia Roberts and George Clooney's character, I really felt like, yeah, there's something there. I can I can feel the history there. With these two, it's like th- there wasn't enough scenes to provide us with that much like context or depth. And yeah, it was, it was just fine. Um, it's beautifully shot. Um, did they actually shoot it? I'm on the IMD page right now. You know, I got to just do this in real time sometimes so you guys can see how unprofessional I am. Um, where did they film this? No, they filmed it in, <laughs> they filmed it in Australia. It looks beautiful, though. Um, great beachside, uh, jungle—just, just this glorious vacation. It truly looks like paradise, like the the title gives us. And so, um, yeah, it, it looks really nice, um, and it, it really just kind of it goes with the sweetness of the entire film. Um, and so, yeah, I, there's really nothing more to say about this. It really focuses on like, do you care about the relationship that's at hand? Do you care if the the two leads get together or not? And, you know, doesn't make you laugh. Does it make you feel good? You know, doesn't make you cry. I, I, I don't know. And I, I think a romantic comedy to me is really great comfort. And this one is comfort. It just is. I, I like this movie. It's not something I want to rewatch again, but it's one of those things to where if I were to have this like pop on in the background, I wouldn't be upset. And it's because of George Clooney and Julie Roberts um, involvement that make this worthwhile. And, you know, their relationship and their history um, uh, in the film as their characters. I, I liked it. Like I said, it's not anything groundbreaking. It doesn't do anything new. Um, it's predictable. But for me, it's put together well and uh, I had a good time with it. And I think uh, everyone on the cast and crew did a great job just coming together, creating a movie to make us escape <laughs> our worries and troubles uh, during our own lives and just watch something silly, romantic, and and colorful. and I don't know, just uh, made me feel warm inside. There you go, warm and happy. So I I definitely was in a better mood after watching it. So, and that is my review of Ticket to Paradise. Please let me know what you thought of the film down below, uh, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, all that stuff. And when we come back from a short little break, I will be going over My Policeman. Can Harry Styles redeem himself in this film? Because Don't Worry Darling was just, it was not that long ago. So I'm hoping he can redeem himself. So tune in and find out. And welcome back from the second break. Let's not waste any time. And let's talk about My Policeman. So what is this movie about? The arrival of Patrick into Marion and Tom's home triggers the exploration of seismic events from 40 years previously. So Patrick is like a a friend of this uh, married couple. And uh, Tom does not want to talk. Patrick. Marion is trying to take care of Patrick because they're all friends, but you know there's something off. There's something going on between all three of them, and so we kind of see that unfold as Marion kind of goes into um, the attic area, and she uh, reads a journal, and I believe it's uh, I believe it's Tom's journal, so she kind of understands why there's so much friction between those two. So, you know, going into this, I kn- I knew it was based on a book, and I knew Harry Styles was in it, And I knew Amazon Prime Video was going to release it. Those are the three things that I knew about it. So I kind of went into it blind. I didn't really know anything about it. And to be quite honest, like even just reading the IMDb uh, synopsis, it doesn't really give you much. And I kind of like that. Because after seeing the movie, I I like it. It, It's a good uh, romance film. It's a good friendship film. It's, um, you know, I'm trying to dance around it because I don't want... Uh, to ruin anything for you guys so I'll, I'll try to keep it as vague as I can but I've never read the book so I have no idea how the book uh, reads out but I, what I can tell you is watching this film it kind of plays out like a novel uh, it's, it's played in a non-linear fashion uh, we go from future or we go from present to past uh, quite a bit I didn't think it was too jarring at all and it also had some voiceover from uh, each of the characters so we kind of got to know a little bit more of their headspace it Felt like a novel, which I was totally fine with because I thought the pacing was correct. It's like right under two hours. So I think that's perfect uh, timing for that. So yeah, I like this film. And so if you're looking for uh, a romance period piece, uh, I think this is the film to do it. And like I said, it's in Amazon Prime Video if you want to check it out. So to kind of break it down a little bit more, uh, I've never heard of the director Michael Grandage. Um, I was looking through his IMDb, and I don't recognize anything that that man has done. What a great introduction to uh, his filmography with this film. Like I said, this thing, it, it, it takes its time. It, it allows the characters and the scenes to breathe, and these romances and these relationships to flourish, like... I felt like I was watching something really intimate. I felt like I was in these people's lives kind of watching this thing unfold. And uh, it was quite beautiful. And I, I thought Michael Grandage did a really great job kind of just laying everything out in this kind of nonlinear fashion, you know, letting us see like, you know, these happy moments from the past and kind of juxtapose it with the the present and how uh, the characters are, are currently feeling and then vice versa where the past is not so not so pretty. And then we go to the future or yeah, the present, where it's a little bit, a uh, little bit better. So I, I love the juxtaposition between the past and the present, and um, um, yeah, I just I really like the way the story kind of unfolded that way. I also really liked uh, the way it was shot, and I really liked uh, the the atmosphere and the mood that Grandage kind of places on this film. You know, we see a lot of current time stuff, and we see a lot of stuff from the late '50s, and you really kind of um, Felt that visually and just stylistically, uh, production-wise, and everything, it just you really felt like you were in each individual time period, and they had their own distinct personality. What I also really liked, um, and, and this is something that has to apply to all movies, whether it be you know an action film, a comedy, a drama, a romance, um, scenes have to have purpose. And so you know, there's a lot of movies out there that don't really require said scenes and they're just in it to be in it. What I really liked about uh, the sex scenes in this film is that they told a story and they told how the characters were feeling and they told uh, like what they were going through and like what it meant to have passion and what it meant to kind of hide that passion and really kind of deceive uh, like how you truly feel about maybe other people. And so I really liked the way it was kind of told from that perspective too. And there was a lot of emotion in every single scene uh, that happened in a bedroom, which uh, I I really appreciate because it really just adds a lot of depth to the characters and, um, you know, just really beautiful stuff uh, with the passion stuff. Um, And then when it wasn't passionate, you could really tell, like, um, how the other person was feeling in that situation. So really like that. Um, Yeah, I uh, uh, and I know this isn't, uh, you know, the directors, uh, uh, but the music the score is wonderful, really just kind of adds a lot to each scene and really elevates the emotion and, and taps into emotions uh, into you as an audience member that you probably haven't felt in a long time. Like the music was really well done and I it, 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 it felt like it was just handled with care and just this love and um, emotion just swelling throughout, really great score. I haven't heard a good score in a long time in a film, but uh, that one did it. So really love the vision and the storytelling uh, from director and, and definitely the writers as well. Once again, didn't read the book, but um, you know I, I can imagine this is how the book kind of played out in people's minds as they were watching it. Okay, so let's get into the performances because we have six uh, people that we have to kind of go through because we have uh, younger selves and we have older selves. I will say that the older selves we don't get as much as the younger selves, rightfully so. You know, we're understanding people's backstories and we're kind of understanding people's histories. I get that it's not going to have a lot of the current um, uh, performers in it, you know, as much as the um, the other ones. But I will say that the older versions of their characters, everyone did a fantastic job. And you got to keep in mind, like as you're watching it, they they are at the tail end of everything that we're watching. So there's a lot of heartbreak. There's a lot of uh, emotional distress between all three of these people. And so you really see that through their body language and their faces and just the way they're they're talking to one another. Like there's a lot of friction between all three of these people and you can feel it. And then I love the emotional climax between all three of them at the end because uh, we we do end on kind of present selves And their scenes were so touching and so heartwarming that uh, you can I I, there was a lot of sniffles in the house. Let me just say that. But it, it was a really touching kind of ending to this film. And so that's where the the current selves kind of landed that emotional arc was the end of the film. It was wonderful. The majority of the film is the past selves. So I will say I'm just going to go one by one. Uh, we're gonna get to the the big one. He he will be last, um, and so uh, let's start with the, the the friend Patrick. So the younger self is played by David Dawson. I've never heard of this guy. I'm sure if I look up his IMDb, I'm sure I'll be like, oh yeah, I've I've seen that one. This guy was wonderful. It's a character that he he is comfortable with who he is. He goes around with this confidence. But at the same time, he kind of has to be careful a little bit. You know, this is the late '50s, and he is—he's uh, a part of the LGBTQ plus community, and so he has to has to watch his steps. But he he carries his confidence with him to where he doesn't let that bog him down so much. But um, he definitely has a, a suaveness to him, and uh, there's definitely th- this loving individual that's inside of him. And I, I thought it was a really well balanced performance. And then the uh, uh Marion played by Emma Cornyn, she had a difficult uh role to pull off because this was the type of person that wanted to be married. You know, she wanted to have a husband, she wanted to fall in love and have this life, but she was also aware of what was going on, and she was trying to change people because you know, she was taught that it was perversion and all of this stuff. And There's definitely a sadness to that because she didn't seem like to me a like a bad person. She was just taught bad things and she was kind of brainwashed. And that's just how she grew up. And so unfortunately, she did a lot of damage to the relationship between all three of these people. And there's a catharsis at the end of the film with her character that made me smile because I'm like, oh, she can finally breathe and be free. And so uh, I thought she had the most difficult job out of all three of them, uh, but I thought younger self and older self both killed it. And like I said, the end of the film, great, great catharsis for that character, uh, finally realizing like what true love actually means, and like what uh, like the weight is lifted off her shoulders. Okay, so everyone's probably wondering, how is the Harry Styles? You know, when I saw Don't Worry Darling a couple weeks ago, uh, I said in my review, you know, I've seen Harry act before. He's not bad, but he's just not a lead. He's just not. You know, put him in uh, supporting roles. Let him build up to it. Go take some more classes. He'll get there. Uh, I have nothing against him. I can now eat my own words. Because you know what? He was good in this one. And all three of them kind of share the screen together, like, as their younger selves. So... I would consider him like a co-lead. Um, he's wonderful in this. And it's the type of role that works for him. He didn't have to do some like over the top like accent and over the top yelling scenes that make no sense and like don't really have any uh, passion behind it. Every single scene that Harry was in, he was actually good. So I will eat my own words, he's getting better. And this was the type of performance for him where he was also balancing quite a bit for his character. This is a character that's not really sure about himself or like sure about his sexuality. And so he has to kind of force himself to do things that he doesn't want to do. And so this causes a lot of resentment and a lot of drinking and a lot of anger towards the wrong people because he's angry at himself because he can't he can't be true to himself. And so there's a lot of sadness and, and truth in, in that performance because I know there's a lot of people out there that probably feel that way. And so I really loved like everything that he did. I mean, he he was ferocious. He, you know, this is probably the the most I've ever seen Harry Styles. Uh, <laughs> go for it. Uh, there's a lot of a uh, lot, lot of sex scenes, a lot of nudity for sure. But um, it's not just that. Like he, it felt like this was the first time where I, I I felt like he was actually in it. Like he was in his character. He was living his character. And he actually gave a pretty good performance. So, you know what? Uh, you know, like I said, he 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 has changed my mind in, in the span of less than a month. So, I'll give him that. But, yeah, um, he's actually pretty good. He's the top build person. So, you know, kind of rides on his shoulders a little bit. But, yeah, I thought everyone has a collective. Um, and, and what I really appreciate about the casting is that, yeah, Harry Styles is in this. He's here to sell tickets. But you know what? not only is he good, but the person that they cast as his older self, like, there was inflections in the voice and some of the physicality that kind of mimicked each other. So, like, the casting was on point for all six people uh, replicating their younger selves and older selves and all that stuff. Like, it just, it it was a fluid, uh, fluidness to their characters. I I felt like um, that was great casting on their part. So, yeah, I, uh, listen, is this going to be my top ten of the year? Probably not, but I would be actually comfortable with putting this in my like 11 through 20 right now. And that is my review of My Policeman. Please let me know down below what you thought of the film, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, all that stuff. Uh, I would like to know your thoughts. And that will do it for this episode of the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast. Episode 376 is in the back. Next week, stacked week, um, episode 377, I will be going over Black Adam, and all of its spoilery glory, Um, so be prepared for that, it will have been out for almost a week at that point, so I feel like most people have seen it, Um, so Black Adam, full spoiler, and the second film, it's gonna be a twofer, is Tar, Uh, yes, gonna be seeing Tar um on sunday uh and so that will be the second movie that i review the Kate blanchett film that's getting a lot of uh praise for her performance so yes episode 377 next week will be over black adam and tar um kind of funny in a way don't know if this is as funny as to you but i was just nothing about this tar is a black substance black adam then the name funny i know i find i find uh, humorous things in a a, a a lot of like little aspects of my life and i just i don't know i get a hoot, a hoot and a holler you know but uh yeah that will be next week and i will also have a mini review of the uh oh god what is it see this is why i got checking in real time uh louis armstrong's black and blues Um, that will be uh, a mini review of that as well. And then I have a screening next Thursday, but that review won't go up until the following week. So I'll reveal that uh, on next week's episode. But that is the week coming up. And uh, this week is already done. So thank you for tuning in to the Real Me and Cold Movie Podcast. I am your host, Chase Lee. You guys are awesome, amazing, wonderful people. Thank you for everything that you do. And I'll see you guys next week for another episode of this crazy podcast. Goodbye.